Hi everyone, my name is Melissa, the host of the Mummy Warriors podcast. This podcast is based on topics that go on behind the world of parenting. Speaking of the unspoken, I upload an episode once a week on a Tuesday with a new topic every single week. I look forward to you tuning in. Hi and welcome back to the Mummy Warriors podcast. I'm your host Melissa and today I am joined by best-selling author from the book I Choose Me and the creator of Mood Munches, Amanda Hill. Thank you so much for joining us today, Amanda. Hi Melissa, how are you doing? I'm doing good, thank you. Thank you once again for joining. Very excited to record this episode. Tell our audience a little bit about yourself and what you do. So I'm a teacher, I'm a mother, um, I'm an aspiring podcaster, um, best-selling author, um, because really I've got over myself <laughs> and my limiting beliefs and my inherited na- narratives And I decided that I need to write my story to be able to show up who I really am. I'm also the creator of the Mood Munchers, who are emotional characters for children, because I believe we're not our thoughts, we're not our emotions, we're so much more. But children need that guidance to be able to talk about them. So before we get into the mood munches, Amanda, I would like you to discuss your journey to motherhood. I wanted to be a mother of about six children. That was my dream when I was at school. Um, And I thought I'd be engaged and married, you know, the normal things that society tells us going to happen. And it just didn't happen. I am a mother of a 13-year-old boy now, uh, and I'm very grateful But it wasn't all the sweetness and roses I thought it was going to be. I know that motherhood doesn't come with a manual, but because I wanted it so much and the idea of family was so important to me, I just thought I'd take to it to duck to water. And in fact, I got postnatal depression and I couldn't really bond with my son for a year and a half. Um, You know, I was doing the looking after him, but that natural attachment just wasn't there. And I was disappointed. I even said to my husband, leave and go find somebody else. It was that bad. Um, However, through my own journey, he's amazing. He stuck with me. And I got over my depression and got over myself because I realized I was living in victimhood. That was carried on from my childhood. And it was actually influencing the way I was being a mother. And that really hit me when he, Alessandro was about four or five years old and I'd asked him just to get some milk out of the fridge. He went, it's not my fault. I can't find it. And I'm going, what are you talking about fault? And my husband said, that's how you've been talking to him since he's been born. I'm from an Irish Catholic background and shame, guilt and fault was the norm of talk. Right, right. And I... I was horrified at myself because you always say you won't be like your mother. Mm-hmm. And here's the words coming out of my mouth, just like my mother. Um, and it was then I just decided, no, I've got to start changing my narratives. I've got to look after me first and the wounded child within me so that I can show up and be the light for him because he's his own person. Although he's my son, I don't own him. Right. And I want to be able to be that light that inspires him. But he follows his own path, his own passions. That's beautifully said. And I think a lot of times as parents, we kind of forget that they are actually their own person. Um, (laughs) And we we live like our own fears. We kind of put them on them as well, which is 
kudos to you for noticing the pattern and changing it rather than continuing. So yeah, we do carry our inherited narratives from our family, but it's not just our immediate parents or family, it even go back generations. Uh, Also with different cultures, you know, Irish Catholics, you know, there's a story that goes with that and beliefs of what girls should do, what boys should do, etc. And I've just realised society, you know, the fact we can communicate to the other side of the world now, um, we're on internet and everything and speaking everything. Life has changed. As I used to say, you know, Disney has changed um, its portrayal of, see, my parents used to say to me, oh, you'll find a man, you'll settle down and you'll be happy and that's all you need. And I'm thinking, well, no. <laughs> but if you think of Disney stories, they were like the prince or princess found the other person and they were complete. Whereas now I'm pleased to see Disney's done things like Inside Out and Soul recently, and they're going to the deeper, the essence of us. Right. And although we're born into a family, you're given a name, which is just a label. You can choose each day how you show up and how you want to be in your life. And I never thought of that before. I just thought you had to do what you were told and you followed the rules of society to be a good girl and fit in. Right. So just basically fit in the mould of mum, yeah. wife, putting yeah. Amanda last. Um, oh, who's Amanda? She to me. <laughs> I remember yeah. when I got my, married, my husband, my mum said, well, aren't you cooking him his dinner? I said, but I work full time. He does. Why can't he? Well, that's your wifely duty. Right. And I was like, whoa, okay. But my mum was, you know, she was mm-hmm. born in the 1920s, a totally different era. And I was sort of, because I was born in the 60s, so I've seen both generations, if you like. Yeah. But we're all human beings. We're all capable of doing our own thing. And that's what we want to instill into our children. And that's my role as a teacher and a mother, because as a teacher, I'm a mother of a lot of children. Right, <laughs> right. I want them to say that, yeah, the curriculum's written this way, But how I show up, I hope I inspire you and I'm going to see you as an individual rather than just X in class Y, you know, that has to do these results and do these things. Right. It's got to be more than that. Right. I completely agree. Definitely agree with the evolving of the narrative changing and people being different, our kids being different, ourselves being different, putting ourselves first. Because I know as a mother, a lot of times we get lost in labels that society puts on us and if you're not doing this in accordance to what's meant to be done then you're this type of mother or that type of mother it's um, the idea of a good mother should and dot 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 you can feel that in yourself any listener can feel that in themselves but I say a good mother should dot 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 unless so I can my parents didn't have all this communication. They didn't have access to all this, you know, personal growth that we have now. And they did as best as they could. And it's actually forgiving them and actually accepting they did the best. And then just say, right, take responsibility for how I'm showing up today right. and how I'm showing up in front of my child. Doesn't mean that I can't be, you know, on angry days or frustration days or tired days. I do get those. But if we talk about emotions like that, I can say, I just need five minutes and take myself away. And if he has, my son has that, he can have his time out because that time out to be for self-care, self-love is vital. And yeah. we're very guilty 
parents of not doing that because we put our children first. Right. I completely agree. I know in the previous meeting we spoke, you said there's no such thing as negative emotions. Could you just emphasize a little bit on that? Emotions are part of being a human. Um, I don't think animals have them. I'm not really sure. But <laughs> we don't talk about them. We, of course, we talk about, oh, I'm excited, I'm that. But we're not excited. We're feeling excited or we're feeling sad. But ne- emotions like shame, guilt, anger can be seen negatively as if good people don't show those things. We like to be in control. We're always happy and upbeat because that's what's acceptable to people. But what I've realized is if you don't let those emotions out they are repressed and they will come out at some point in your life Mm -hmm. and cause chaos whereas although they can be uncomfortable to sit in and I appreciate that and I've sat in a lot myself Mm -hmm. actually they go and the body might have a reaction or whatever but it doesn't last for longer and actually what I want to teach children is sit in that emotion. No, and it is, you're upset and there's a reason to be upset. That's fine. And it's like somebody said to me once, you know, you can have a bad hair day, but I used to make a bad hair day go on a week. Right. Because I would just be in that mood and then I'd carry that. And your energy introduces itself before you even open your mouth. Yeah. So if I'm in a bad mood and I walk in as the CEO, the chief energy officer of my home, as my husband says, he used to walk around tiptoes with me because I just <laughs> pulled the whole dynamics down and it affected right. them. I had no idea because I wasn't aware. Right. Was so stuck in my head. So stuck yeah. in my head. And, and, and it's, again, a lot of things you say resonate with, with me too because it used to be a case of I didn't, I want to say, yeah, I'm going to say value emotion or the depth of, of, of emotions because I was always raised that, you know, you however you're feeling you suppress it when you go out in the world you have to smile with it get on with it (laughs) suck it up (laughs) basically is what I was told is like suck it up so I had similar upbringing (laughs) yeah so I never realized until too late and further down in my life that my energy used to be really disgusting and even though I've got this very soft, gentle side, no one would get to see it because I was carrying all this different emotion around with me. So as soon as I walked in the room, as you were saying, like your emotion, people meet your emotions before they meet you, they would meet my negativity. And then shut down and not want to communicate with you. And And then I would, yeah. What's What's wrong with me, you know? Um, So I, that, that, point there is I think is amazing um, and definitely should be something that's also thought about as well because we don't speak about emotion I mean I was definitely raised you don't you don't talk about no it wasn't it was just like stiff upper lip and you carried on regardless Um, exactly now with the lockdown for example and mental health I've had people say what's going to happen with children once they go back to school and I've actually said this is a curriculum but I think that needs to take a hold And we need to look at their communication, their social skills and how they are interacting and communicating, connecting. Mm -hmm. Because if we don't, you know, in 10 years time, we're going to have these younger children growing up. They'll be teenagers and they will have missed the basics. Yeah. And I would love I know we do mindfulness in some schools now here. um, And also we have wellness assemblies. But I think part of the curriculum should be on self-love, self-care and talking about emotions 
And the example I can give you is that when I'm teaching, I'll come in and go, hi, Mrs. Hill, how do you think I'm feeling? <laughs> and they go, oh, my goodness, you're a bit mad. I said, no, I'm just happy and joy and determined to have fun. Because we're yeah. having fun. With, and like most of them will join in. But I might see one or two that are just sitting there and you can tell that they're not in a good space. So right. rather than forcing them to be in a good, you know, join in, I'll just say, look, I can see you're not feeling 100%. Take some time. I'll come back to you in five, ten minutes. But you take that time for you. Yeah. And then they're just, because they're not put on the spot, they see what's going on and then they can make the choice. Do I carry on with this mood or do I let it go? Right, right. But you're acknowledging where they are at that time rather than, as you said, our parents said to us, we'll get over it yeah. and carry on. <laughs> <laughs> Could you... See, <laughs> Could you explain to our listeners as well, what does self-love look like for you Self-love... I didn't do. I had such low self-worth, um, didn't value myself. I thought my whole purpose in life was to be useful for other people because I'm quite kind and giving. And what I realized is I sought validation from others and approval from others so I was a people pleaser. But I had no value of my worth. I didn't even know who I was. You know, I was called Amanda, a teacher, but who was I really? besides all those labels and it was actually looking at my eyes in the mirror and seeing the child within me that I had blamed other people i.e., my parents and sisters and siblings for not looking after me when I was little um, and I realized stop it stop the blame and I took the responsibility picked the wounded child up and said look I've got you now I'm the adult so because I think children have curiosity, innocence, which is gorgeous, and creativity. Me, as an adult, I've got experience and I've got a sense of humour now. And together we can go forward. So my self-care now, I do get up before the rest of the family because that's me time. Um, so I get up, I do meditation. And it was the worst thing I ever did to begin with. I'll be honest with you, yeah, because I hated silence. I was the girl with the TV on in one room, the radio on in the other room, cooking, right. shopping, laughing, singing, because I hated silence. So it was deafening. But and that first five minutes was horrendous. I've been doing it now for about a year and a half, and it's made such a difference because I can now acknowledge my thoughts as my thoughts and not being me. I can see what's worrying me and I can choose to let it go. Um, And it's just, I realise that in me is the happiness I've always sought. And it's that calm, that peaceful quiet. So I do that. I also do journaling, whereas when things go wrong, you meet people that irritate you. And that will happen because that's life. Rather than, you know, as I used to do to a friend, I write it all out. So it's no longer in my head and it's gone. Then I can sleep easy. I also do a little bit of exercise and I make sure my environment around me is prepared. So, for example, so I don't have to think of what do I have to wear the next morning. I have my clothes ready. Right. It sounds a bit structured, but I've realized that my mind, so that it doesn't get distracted and go off on one, needs the order so that my joy, my soul, which is joy, can sing and I can just be free and happy right. and show up how I want to. And yeah. it's made such a difference. Right, because you said that earlier. You said that um, in the previous meeting, I know you said that your mind is basically the structure and your soul is the joy. 
And I, I love that analogy completely. I really, really do. Another thing I wanted you to touch on um, is how do you live your life today as uh, as a mum? Well, I take each day as it comes. Um, I used to have a sort of four-year plan. This is how which school he'll go to. This is how it will be. This is what job he's going to get. And that's how I was brought up. And I've just realised, no, and I'm just observing. And rather than living either in the past of regrets or the future of worries, I'm just being in the moment. So you'll laugh at this because like, I'm 53. I haven't been on a bike for 40 years. <laughs> Yesterday, <laughs> I got on a bike and I drove oh, around wow. past him. And he was wetting himself laughing. I'm saying, what gear are you in? He said, five. <laughs> I managed two. He said, yeah, but you're doing really well, mum. And he was so chuffed. And then I went on the trampoline with him. And mm-hmm. I was a bit, but the joy, I felt like a child again. Mm-hmm. And it's like having that fun and being playful because we think once we're adults, we have to be serious all the time. We don't. Yeah. Yeah. You know, then also I have to, as a parent, you know, he doesn't want to go to bed when it's bedtime, getting to the teenage, he wants to stay up later and later. Um, but there has to be rules and he gets, you know, allowances at um holiday times and weekends obviously mm-hmm. but there has to be rules within a family because we've all got a part to play right. you know even the children they have responsibility to show up so I have him do little chores because I don't want him to leave home and think oh who's there to do the washing who's there to do the cooking <laughs> he has right. to have what I call life experiences mm-hmm. So that he's independent and he understands. But to be a mum, I think first I've got to acknowledge myself. I'm a human. I'm Amanda. I'm Joy. But I have emotions. I have thoughts. I have good days. I have bad days. But as long as I can explain myself, not justify, because I used to justify myself all the time because I like to be right. (laughs) I've given up being right. And as my husband said, that must be like swallowing vinegar, darling. (laughs) I realised I was so attached to the control and being right, but that was from my fear base and that negative low energy that I was living in. Because, yeah, if it looked good to others, I thought, yeah, but I was so unhappy inside. Right. By letting go of all that baggage that we talked about, because everybody's got baggage. Yeah. All have it. And it's just, which baggage are you going to choose to carry? I thought I was responsible for the happiness of everybody I met. And that was a huge one to carry. And (laughs) I let it go. And I just said, no, you're responsible for how you show up. And that's what I say in the classroom. You know, I say, I'm showing up like this today. Who are you choosing to be? And you can see by their faces straight away. And we can have a laugh. Mm -hmm. And if they're not so happy, I say, well, that's fine. And if, you know, something's gone wrong at home or they're upset, we'll just take them out and have a chat. Because in communicating, because we're so scared of talking in case of judgment. Amazing. Is that what inspired you to to create Mood Munches? What would would be the inspiration for Mood Munches? Um, I'm an Elsa now. So what does that mean? I'm an emotional literary support teacher. So children who have difficulty settling into class, they might have problems at home uh, with parents divorcing and things. And they, they're not in a great place to be learning. So they come to me. Mm-hmm. And I was looking for books. So I had a lot of children that were angry. And I was looking for books on anger. And it was just the child being angry. And I just thought, no, because that's making the child be the emotion. Yeah. And I thought, because of this 
sudden recollection that we're not emotions. I thought, Mm -hmm. no, I want to create something that children can relate to. So I've uh, created these fun, colourful characters um, that children can see. And they are like roommates. So they come, knock on the door. Can I come in? They do their bits and then they leave. And that's only if you accept them, because, of course, if you're oppressing them, they'll, they'll, they won't go away until you, they come mm. out to play. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I didn't want to do just, you know, happy, sad, fearful and angry because those mm. are the ones that children. So I've introduced guilt called Gil, Rue, who is shame. I've got compassion, who's compassion. And I've got Lockie, who is... Let me read you a bit of it. Uh, I had a child who I could tell she was struggling, thinking she had to get it right, but didn't want to say anything. So I read her this and I said, they call me lucky as I do not really say much and stay quiet. I like to keep safe inside myself as I'm nervous about what other people will think. And that's lucky there. And Mm. she went, oh, my goodness, that's exactly how I feel. And I think a lot of us as adults in front of the boss look and feel like that. So to actually have a character with a name, Lockie, so she went, yeah, Lockie came to visit. I said, yeah. And then, then at the end of the day, I said, has Lockie gone? I said, yeah, disappeared. I said, fine, who's with you now? And then she said, no, great, he's with me. I'm like, but yeah. to have a physical name rather than the emotion name, right. I just think it makes it more that there's a character coming and going. Right. Instead of as well, attaching a narrative to them as well, like yes. as you said, um, because there's nothing like that out there at all. I mean, the books that you have, if I was introduced to them as a child, I would be able to not feel so well, minimized and yeah. isolated, you know, and be able to have a face, a character, because a good thing about the characters is it's something that comes and goes it's not something that's Absolutely. locked in but you can interact with them and go oh hi lucky you're here again okay yeah i'm getting puppets made and i'm gonna do take them into school to make a puppet show with them and they'll do a few youtube uh videos and yeah because if you see people and i demonstrate because role play is brilliant with children mm-hmm. um with adults Come on, I'm talking to all you adults listening. Yeah, all the <laughs> emotions that you don't want to talk about. Just say it. it's them that they've come to visit. Mm-hmm. Accept them, acknowledge them. And once they've acknowledged, they've done it and they're ready to go. Yeah, and, and that's a, a brilliant way it's of so putting simple. it. simple. Why didn't anybody tell us this before? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> People would have saved a lot of money with therapy and God knows what. Which leads me to another point I wanted to discuss, your book, I Choose Me. Yes. I looked it up as well, because I... <laughs> what is, what, well, what inspired you to write the book? Well, actually, the title says it all, actually. It took me a while to think of the title, but I do choose me, because when I grew up, to choose yourself and put yourself first was seen to be a selfish and that was a no-go, and you had to put other people first because that's what a kind person did. And I think that belief still goes on. But what I've realised, and this is coming back to the self-love and self-care, if you don't look after yourself, acknowledge yourself, learn to trust yourself, um, the body, the wobbly bits and all of it, the mind, the emotions as they come and go, you are empty. You've got a big void in you and you're waiting for other people to make you happy and fill it up. So 
it's taken me late in life to get here, but I'm just I'm so grateful. And that's why I want to share the message. I choose me in that meditation, my morning routines that I do. What it enabled me to do is get over my past, get over the stories that were, did happen, but they're not here now. But I was carrying them like a big suitcase yeah. behind me. <laughs> And yeah. not letting go of the handle because I was so attached to it. So mm-hmm. I've dropped those. They've happened. And I see them. They're lessons now in life that have helped me to become who I am today. And I'm grateful for that. I'm not worrying about the future anymore. And so some of the chapters, the first one, I do this in school. Who are you? So I do that with children. I say, well, who are you? And they go, well, it's my name. I said, what? And I say, well, you can draw it. You can write it. And usually they have to put their name, their age, what they're good at. And I said, but what about your passions? You know, are you feeling determined? Are you feeling inspiring? And coming across that, and that is our essence, our spirit or our soul, however you want to describe it. We're yeah. all born with that, but we're, that gets hidden and forgotten about under all our identities of jobs and roles we take on. Um, it talks about belonging because we all need to belong. But what I realized is before you belong anywhere else, you've got to belong to yourself. So coming home to yourself, I've come home to me and I'm, I'm just delighted with it. You made me tear up. <laughs> um, I've got a thing on narratives because I realized there's a great film people should watch is Natalie Ever After. And it really highlights, um, how family narratives can affect us from parent to child and it's up to us to make a stop of that and then I've got about addictions because we are addicted to everything we're addicted to the attachment of our beliefs we're addicted to our narratives um we're addicted to as well as things like drink and shopping or the sweets and things like that you are addicted to the old self, the ego, that is that negative critic in your voice. Right. I've got a thing, avoidance under the duvet that discusses my depression because that's with mental illness and everything else. That was, that's traveled down my family line. I want it to stop with me. So I'm acknowledging it, talking about it, and it's just out there. And then there's a chapter in my lane. And when I was first told that, what's your lane? I was thinking, what lane I'm so busy in other people's lane organizing their lives I don't even have a lane what is it we talking about I, that shocked me and I went oh my goodness I don't have a lane panic right. over and I realize now that I need to look after my needs first my inner child's needs first and anything that wasn't met growing up I can fulfill that now I'm more than capable right. uh, and it's just like give up control Trust yourself and forgive because right. forgiveness is key. Right. And after each chapter, I have a little activity that I did myself. So I tell the you or the readers the activity; they can do it themselves. And then I give a reflection on one that I've done myself. Right, amazing. I'm definitely. I'm gonna. I'm curious to get that now. Um, <laughs> no, seriously. I just think obviously this. Uh, Podcasts come at a great time because it's the same sort of pinnacle where I'm at. So, as I said, a lot of things that you said resonate with myself. They resonate with everybody, but we just yeah. don't talk about it because no. we're what people will think. Exactly. And it's 
thank you, but what do you think of me is none of my business. That's yeah, the biggest yeah. thing I've learned. <laughs> and I was yeah, like, yeah. my business because I was so in need of validation and I realised my whole being was based on what other people thought of me and I didn't think anything of myself. And then I just decided, no, it stops. Yeah, yeah. Has to be a decision. And if that's not the right decision, make another. Exactly, exactly. I completely agree as well. And obviously, you know, you what I love about you is that you've literally taken, you have complete control in the sense of, you you choose exactly what narrative you want to live you choose exactly what you want to pick up and put down and and that is to come to that point I think is inspirational totally because it was so ingrained that this is the way it has to be Uh (laughs) exactly exactly and as I say we're all connected but it's fear that disconnects us yeah yeah and I, I completely agree with that what I want you to also share with our listeners is where they can find you and how they can get hold of your books and everything. So my books are available on Amazon um, under Amanda Hill Ryle and I am setting up a web page. Um, it'll be ready in April called youchooseyounow.com. I've also got a Facebook group that I've started on You Choose You Now, and I'm on Instagram at Amanda Ryle Hill. I've changed the names the other way around. Um, <laughs> but my, I just want to help and support people because I have been at the lowest of the low and thought I was, you know, for me to tell my husband, just leave me and go away. That's how victimhood I was. And I didn't see the point. And now I'm just like, woohoo! Yeah, I can hear, I feel it. How can I help others to just shine bright like a diamond, quite frankly? Right, exactly. Because you know as well, like, what you were even touching on earlier, you sense, even though we're doing this remotely, I can feel yeah. your energy. Like you connect. Yeah. Even- Absolutely. And I think we're all connected. And we've, after this lockdown, when we've all been shut away in our little bubbles and our little houses, and we're missing hugging our friends, we're missing mm. talking, getting together. We've got to come out of this and say no more to the old ways. I'm choosing me. You choose you. I do me. You do you. And let's explode and make a difference to this world. Exactly. A hundred percent agree. What I do want to say is, Amanda, thank you so much for joining us. It has been amazing. No problem. You're you're amazing, mum. You're Charles, so lucky to have you. And you you. keep shining brightly. (laughs) Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining this week's episode. Please feel free to subscribe. You can also leave a comment. I would love to hear what your points of views are. You can also follow me on Instagram at Mummy Warriors. And you can also have a chance to be a guest on the show by visiting my website www.themummywarriors.com. All details will be at the bottom of the podcast. Look forward to seeing you next week.